from Relay FM. This is Download, recorded Thursday, October 18th, 2018. This is episode 76, Lil Buddy Phone. Welcome to Download, a weekly look at the most interesting stories in the world of technology and other stuff you care about. I am your host, Jason Snell, and I'm joined this week by two wonderful guests, co-host of the Material Podcast right here on Relay FM, and I have been working for him, working for him, working with him for so long. <laughs> I may be working for him now. Uh, I'm in the pay of Big Anatko. It's Andy Anatko. Hello. <laughs> hey, Jason. Uh, it's it's always been a collaboration. It, ha- it's always it has been. been- at you know it's just like the beatles you needed the producers and all the people who are in the studio and sometimes you're in the studio and sometimes you were in the in the booth and i hope we passed the audition <laughs> uh also here digital journalist at the kansas city star a returning guest as well leah becerra hello hello good to have you back it's good to be back and uh stephen hackett's here too uh download producer who puts the show together with me every single week hi stephen that's right i was in my workshop this morning sanding and sawing and gluing, and now we have a show document. Wow, I did not know it was made entirely of wood. <laughs> I carved the whole thing out. Wow, you know, that... people think it's over the top, but I, I, I go the distance for you. That well, it's good that this is a handcrafted podcast. I do like that about it. I am concerned that you are spending too much time on the show document now, but <laughs> the the results are obvious, and we should dive into it. It's a grab bag kind of week. We got a lot of different stuff going on. A few topics to to blow through. One of them is what Stephen has termed sad smartphone news. Um, the essential, okay, essential company founded by Andy Rubin, who created Android this week. It uh, was reported by Bloomberg, I believe, that the company has cut 30% of its staff, which had been about 120 people before the layoff. The cuts were across different teams, affecting hardware, marketing, and sales. The layoffs come a few months after the company scrapped plans for a smart home speaker and plans for a second Android-powered phone. It had previously been reported the company, uh, which had raised $300 million to produce its first phone, had been put up for sale. That essential phone, you may remember, famous for having one of the first notched full-screen smartphone displays in the industry. It ran close to stock Android, but it was a little bit buggy and the camera lagged behind those found in other products. It had a high price. Um, and the company is said to be working on a new smaller phone that can automate responses to things like incoming messages without needing to bother the user. So there's there's that story, an essential. And then the other story is about Palm. I'll wrap that into this segment. Uh, everybody remembers Palm. Uh, Steven was a big Palm fan. I, I think, I, you know, I used Palm stuff for years and years. After the company died in the wake of the whole WebOS Palm Pre uh, era, uh, its software ended up powering a bunch of smart devices uh, built by LG, including TVs, that using WebOS. Now, Palm's name is now back. <laughs> Just the name. Uh, A phone maker called TCL has the rights to that name now, and it's using it to uh, brand a new 3.3-inch Android phone. A tiny little guy. Um, that's. Did you know that your smartphone needs its own phone? It turns out it does. Your big smartphone <laughs> needs a little baby sidekick smartphone. Uh, and that's the idea behind the new Palm. You can leave your big phone behind and take this little simple still Android phone with you. And if your phone rings, it will ring too because it's sharing the number. Um, and it is 
unlike a smartwatch, it's got full Android, so you can bring your apps with you, but it is a much smaller device. And it's got a weird feature called Life Mode, which is cool in the sense that it turns on a whole bunch of sort of do not disturb and battery saving settings. It, it's weird in the sense that it also turns off the radios. So if somebody calls you when you're in Life Mode, uh, you don't get the call, which I guess that's one way to approach uh, having a cell phone is to um, not let it ring. <laughs> Uh, so there's there's a lot. It's $349, and it, it is a little buddy for your smartphone. So we've got Essential uh, possibly circling the drain, and we've got Palm uh, to talk about a little bit. Uh, let, let's start with Essential. Um, Andy, you follow Android uh, pretty closely. Andy Rubin, obviously, creator of Android. That Essential phone seemed interesting and yet unlikely to be a huge success, I thought, out of the gate. What do you think about about you know where they've been and, and where they might be going? I'm really disappointed uh, because uh, I, I disagree with you. Uh, I like I really like the first essential phone. Uh, I, I love the company. I love their uh, approach. It's rare that you have a company that uh, gets into technology and states we have a specific point of view about how technology should work and what's wrong with phones and how we want to fix them. The first, uh, the first essential phone out of the gate was a beautiful device. It's still one of the prettiest phones that's out there. They went so totally minimal with, uh, with the design that it really feels like they didn't make a mistake uh, at all in the design. Uh, and I'm just so disappointed because I was really looking forward to seeing what they would do with the second version, both learning about mistakes they might have made in manufacturing and also mistakes they might have made in marketing. It was really one of the one of the most closely held secrets in the world. I think and I think that the, the, the most top secret phone of that year was the iPhone t- iPhone X or iPhone 10. Uh, the second most secret phone was the essential phone after it was released. Nobody knew about this thing. Uh, so I'm pretty disappointed. Uh, I thought that this was a company that could really get some great stuff going. And uh, like as 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 a old man technology <laughs> journalist, what I really appreciate about any company is a point of view that we're not just chur- churning out uh, hardware. We're not reacting to uh, what marketing has told us is selling well at a Verizon store. We are actually deciding that there's there's something that we can say. There's something that we can accomplish that no one else is doing. And Essential definitely was trying to click into that mold. I don't know what they're going to do for their their the the consumer device that they've mentioned. As soon as I heard that, I was like, "Oh, honey, that's really great." Because it also sounds like features that uh, that uh, Google is building into every phone now. But okay, I, I'm wishing you the best of luck with that. Uh, but okay, we'll. I, I I just hope that the dream isn't dead. That, that there there aren't other companies that are are going to say. Hey, we we have our own ideas, but we don't want to be quashed like a bug. Why don't we just create a stock Android phone that is yellow and, and with, <laughs> with little diamels on the side of it? They'll buy that. You know, I think the essential phone was beautiful as well. But I think that the majority of people who really knew about it were part of this. I'm paying close attention to technology all the time. And this is kind of part of, you know, my bubble or my echo chamber. Outside of that, there are a lot of people who I would consider to be more average users who didn't really know about the phone. And that is 
that has to do with marketing. Um, I think Essential could have done a lot better on really getting the name out there for people like looking for cheaper options, honestly. Um, even though it was a gorgeous phone, the most attractive thing about it to me personally was the price tag. Um, and I'm definitely one of those people who is unwilling to spend $1,000 on a phone still. Um, and to prove that, I would like to point out that I still own an iPhone SE and I spent like $350 on it when I bought it because I traded in my old phone. So maybe when they try again, um, they will put a little bit more money into the actual promoting part of it. And maybe I will actually meet some people out there in the wild who have these phones. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I like to go back to what Andy said. I, I, I liked the initial conception of, um, of the, of the phone that Andy Rubin was building. I think my issue with it was, was more that it looked very clear from the outside. Like it was, it, it was unclear how they were going to make very many of them, which meant it was sort of like, how is this business going to succeed if they can't make very many of it? But having a, a, a nice premium phone with a point of view is a good thing, right? It's just, unfortunately, it seems like this, this company has just had a, had a struggle trying to make it work. Um, Palm returning in a way and also not in a way with a little buddy phone steven do you have palm feels here that you should share I do. with us <laughs> i do i used a treo for a really long time and had had a some version of the palm pilot in school and then for a while i had to switch to verizon and left the iphone for a little while and carried a palm pre i think the palm pre plus for a while on verizon i thought web os was really interesting and they uh, obviously building an OS on top of basically web technology on a phone that was really slow. The performance wasn't there, but they had a lot of good ideas. And we see a lot of those ideas in both Android and iOS now. So yeah, it's a, it's a brand that I really cared about for a long time. And, you know, TCL kind of goes around and buys up all these brands are making a BlackBerry phone as well. Uh, that, that part makes me sad a little bit, especially since they did some sort of abomination to the logo on the back of this phone. Like it's in a, like a, square like a two by two i don't know what they did it's not it's not great uh so yeah i have the i have the the feels when i see that name again but uh you know i can separate that from the phone itself i think because i know that uh you know the magic of palm was not the name the magic palm was was always their software palm os and then web os really defined a lot of things that we still sort of think of today when it comes to smartphones like a grid of icons in your apps like that was the Palm lifestyle for a really long time. And, and now that's what we have everywhere. And uh, WebOS brought gestures and like this really fluid multitasking interface. And again, things that we see today. So I can remember Palm fondly. Uh, and I'm not going to let the story get me down. Get me down too bad. I'm, I'm curious what everybody's read is on the idea that this is a phone that is that rather than make a small phone for all the people who are complaining, for example, about the fact that they're that Apple isn't making small phones anymore and that there aren't a lot of small phones out there, that they've chosen not to sell this as a small phone, but to sell it as a sidekick little buddy phone for your large phone that you've got. That's an interesting decision. Do Does anybody need a $350 uh, bonus phone? Isn't that what the uh, Apple Watch is? It's very similar, except this, <laughs> you, you can actually run apps and uh, have a full keyboard on, right? But I mean, yeah, I get, I get the same thing when I leave my phone behind and take my cellular Apple Watch out into the world. But the difference is, this is actually an Android phone that has apps and, and stuff on it. Yeah. And, and and it's a second phone that you still have to put in your pocket. So, I don't know. Yeah. 
I I guess I want to say first that I do kind of get the feels because um, my favorite smartphone on record that I've ever owned was the Palm Centro. I loved that phone so much. It's QWERTY tactile keyboard was the greatest ever. And the day that I dropped it on the ground and the LCD screen broke was just so tragic. Um, but this new phone to me seems more along the lines of a um, I don't know. It's 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 for a group of people who has enough expendable income that they can actually afford to buy a second phone and pay a second price each month on top of their whatever their current plan is for their cell phone company. So I'm really curious what the market is for it. But, you know, there's definitely a number of people um, in the U.S. that can can uh, they're part of that group, but they're, it's a small group. I don't know. I you know, I I, I totally agree with the comment that i wonder how many people are going to have 350 dollars to spend on a bonus phone that's apps that's that's absolutely spot on um i but i can't help but think that this there, there's a there's a place for smaller phones that are really really inexpensive that are that really are like satellite phones not not i think that this that this uh, palm phone is over conceptualized. I think they're making too big a deal out of saying here is exact. It's when you, when you try to market something as it's a phone for your phone, the, I think the most, the natural reaction is, huh? But if you say, but if you say, wouldn't you, uh, this is a, this is a hundred dollar phone for a, uh, for the times when your $800 phone is just too much or it's not the right choice or you have a pocket that can't, <laughs> let's say smaller than a pop tart. Uh, and, and I, I do think that there's room for this. I have a, uh, uh, I, this is the one of the few hardware things I ever backed on Kickstarter. Uh, was a phone by a company I've never heard of called Unihertz called the Jelly. And it's almost the size of, uh, if you can imagine two, uh, iPod nanos like stacked one on top of the other, it's very, very tiny. Uh, you could, I mean, it disappears in your in your hand. It's the size of like almost an Apple TV remote, really. And uh, it was the Kickstarter price was ninety dollars. You can now buy it for like a hundred bucks, hundred and twenty bucks. And the reason why I bought it was because I really kind of wanted a super iPod. It uh, it runs uh, like the uh, it runs Android eight, like the next to the latest version of Android. It does have uh, an, a micro SD card, so I was able to immediately put like a two hundred fifty six gig storage card in it. Move my put my entire music library on it. Not only that, but also use the exact same music apps that I use uh, on my real phone, including Apple Music, including Google Play, uh, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and also, and uh, but it also has two SIM slots on it. And there have been times where I kind of did there. I, I've been in situations like I'm going to the beach or something or going on uh, going to a place where I don't want to risk my real phone and or I don't really want to have to worry about uh, what happens to uh, I, don't, I don't have big pockets. I don't have to, I don't want to worry about what happens to my real phone. And so I've actually put my SIM card in it and it's really, really worked. I'm glad I bought it. it. Also, it was for me 90 bucks, 100 bucks. That's kind of close enough to uh, uh, negligible that it's kind of worth it as an accessory. Uh, I, what I, what, what it really points out to me though is that, uh, I've always thought that uh, one of the things that's kind of missing in the stew of, uh, of, of smartphone features is an easy way to just move a SIM card from one place to another. Um, I love the, one of the things I loved about 
Google's uh, modular phone concept, I think it was called Project Aura, uh, was that, you know, this phone that's kind of made out of Lego. So you can swap out the camera just by unplugging one and plugging this in a new camera tile. But the great, but, but the thing that I wish that it carried over was the idea of having the phone's identity on a magnetic, on a tight magnetic tile that you could simply pop off of the big, like large screen phone and pop onto the tiny handheld phone for, again, I'm going out just for the evening. I really, not only do I not want to be bothered, but also I don't want to have the bulk of a regular phone uh, in my, in my pocket. This is the sort of stuff that keeps people from having the right tool for the right job. And I would probably be using this tiny little jelly phone a lot more if I had the ability to simply just <laughs> take, take a Lego off of a, off of my, uh, my pixel phone and snap that lego back into this one thing i so i i, I don't know I, I worry that this is the sort of thing that a technology person thinks wow this would be a brilliant product and the and real humans are like yeah we absolutely don't care but i would love to see more experimentation here well we'll see how they do with this um i i uh, to just come back to it for a moment i i i got a lot of feedback and i i'm sure um, you all have heard this from people too. Apple discontinuing the iPhone SE. It's sad. And and uh, <laughs> making two large phones and a somewhat large phone as their only new models. And uh, then I see I see a three point three inch Android phone. And I'm like, oh look, this is adorable and it's small. And people who don't want a big phone could just take this around with them. And I think it is super telling about the about how all these companies perceive where the money is in the smartphone market. That this this company literally thinks it's more likely, and there are more people with more money who have huge phones who will buy a second phone for their phone <laughs> to use yeah. than to just sell a small phone. I th- I just it, it that's amazing to me. I'm not entirely sure I believe it, but I think I think it's the exact same read of the market that a company like Apple has, which is wow, these big phones sell, and they're not as worried about the little phones because you know this is it, they made this a sidekick phone, and it, it literally you can't buy this and use this as a regular and, phone. And these days, you really do have to do something this special to get any attention as a phone maker because you're not going to compete with Apple. Uh, you're also kind of not going to compete with uh samsung and google and the other top tier phone makers you have to as as essential kind of proved unless you come out of the box with something that is absolutely not being done by anybody uh what chance do you have um though i will though i will say isn't it a little bit sad to see like the palm logo being turned into one of those like sticker companies where like like polaroid used to be one of the most advanced technology companies in the world and now it's a sticker you put on like a cheap chinese webcam or cheap chinese <laughs> cheap chinese like a screen protector it's Aww. okay i hope i hope this succeeds if only to, to, to stop palm from being hey buy buy our buy our new uh palm led stick light like oh sad so someone great grandpa's on the porch again without <laughs> grandpa close your rope come on what who who didn't who wasn't watching grandpa come on all right well uh we'll see how they do we'll see how they do interesting interesting wrinkle here they definitely got attention that's good uh, i'll point out essential got a lot of attention and they just laid off 30 percent of their staff so it's attention is not enough you got to execute uh and they do have steph curry backing them <laughs> Which is cool. Uh, he's a good basketball player, but how does this work as a as a product? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, Going to take a break, tell you about our first sponsor, and then we've got much more to talk about. This episode of Download is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just $5 a month, and you can be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in less 
than a minute. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, all of them serviced by a friendly 24-7 support team. I'm one of those customers. I pay for Linode. I have a server. All of my stuff is on it. You can email their support team. You can call them. You can chat over IO. IRC in the Linode community, they know how important it is to get the help that you want, and they have a suite of amazing guides and support documentation to give you reference when you need it. Linode's intuitive control panel lets you deploy, boot, resize, snapshot, and clone your virtual servers in just a few clicks. Super easy. Even I can use their web control panel to do what I need to do with my server, and I am not super confident when it comes to running a Linux server in the cloud. And they've got two-factor authentication. They will keep you safe. Linode is great for tasks like running a mail server, operating a VPN, hosting a large database, running a Docker container, so much more. And Linode's even hiring right now. Go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. Great pricing options available. One gig of RAM for $5 a month. High memory plans start with 16 gigs of RAM as well. Uh, as a listener of this show, you can go to linode.com slash download FM. You will not only be supporting us, you will get $20 off any Linode plan. $20 toward any plan. That means that if you get that one gig plan, that's four free months. And there's a seven-day money-back guarantee. So there's nothing to lose. Linode.com slash download FM to learn more, sign up, take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code download FM 2018 when you check out. Thank you, Linode, for keeping all of my sites on the internet for supporting download and all of Relay FM. Topic number two, Adobe formally showed off this week at its max conference in la a new full version of photoshop running on the ipad pro scheduled to be delivered in 2019 it's huge vote of confidence in apple's tablet as a professional product for getting work done something adobe hadn't really done before you know adobe's current collection of ios apps are all these kind of like bite-sized snackable phone apps it feels very much like a decision made years ago when smartphones and tablets were underpowered novelties but things are really changing apple's uh marketing executive phil schiller was part of the announcement it's easy to imagine that a forthcoming iPad Pro hardware announcement like the one Apple is apparently having in Brooklyn on October 30th, that just happened while we were recording, uh, might mention Adobe's participation in the platform. I'm a big fan of using my iPad Pro to get work done. I've been using Photoshop for uh, a little bit longer than I've known Andy, and that's, again, a long time. Um, So I'm excited about this. Between this and the announcement that iOS apps will be able to run on the Mac developers will be able to do that it feels like 2019 is shaping up to be a year when apple's platforms are getting closer than they've ever been before in both directions um what 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 do what does everybody think about photoshop and the ipad and adobe giving a big hug to professional use of the ipad leah what do you think i mean it makes sense because i i use photoshop pretty regularly i also use all the other apps of the Adobe uh, design and production suites, but I use them on either my iMac computer at work or my MacBook Pro at home. So the ability to take those apps to an iPad and actually have them work seems like it would open up a pretty big part of the um, professional user market for people who want to just be able to take an iPad with them and get some work done. That said, um, I feel like it would be really weird to work on an iPad, but I know there are people who aren't me who are a lot more um, open to that idea. Um, I also think that the fact that whenever I go to like advertising meetings on the opposite side of the Stars uh, Press Pavilion, 
And I look around the table and I see a bunch of Surface Pros in people's hands. Um, I think those are the people that Apple is really hoping to target and Adobe is hoping to target too, because they know that power users, um, they want to use the iPads, they want to use Photoshop, and they want to make sure they're getting those people because there are apps out there that do things like Photoshop. Um, they don't do them as well and, you know, they're cheap. So I, I think there's a big group of people who, if they could get the app they want, the one that they get the most power with, they will probably pay the money in order to use it. And um, for a long time now, those cheaper apps that don't quite do things as well have been gaining a little bit more traction. So it's time to finally give the people what they want is what it feels like. Yeah, I, I love this announcement, and it's been coming for a long, long time um, because it's uh, how many people who have Macs also have iPads and how many of those people are in the creative field. It just seems like a, it seems like a waste to have to uh, to to be in that group and feel like you're either buying a Wacom tablet to get the I've got a pen and I'm drawing on I'm, I'm actually making Photoshop edits directly onto the onto the screen or to buy a third party utility uh, that uh, tethers the iPad and does the best it can as a third party outsider. It just seems absolutely natural for uh, for uh, Adobe to start asking the question, how well can we do creating a real version of Photoshop for whatever uh, definition of the word real uh, can avoid them getting sued um, that, that people are going to be absolutely happy with. So I'm absolutely thrilled with this. Uh, the the fact that the idea of just going to where you go, using a natural tool for creating images and editing images that is so perfectly suited for the iPad that leverages all the power that's inside that CPU, which is formidable. Uh, it's very, very enticing. I, I just hope that I kind of hope that they keep going for it. Uh, I would, what I, what I keep looking forward to is the idea of uh, everybody, anybody using the iPad or the iPhone as part of the desktop Mac user interface. Like it's, it seems like such a natural fit for uh, Adobe to use the intimacy that it has uh, obviously with its own apps and the, uh, and the access it has to like engineers inside Apple to simply say, we're not going to just use this, this iPad as an external display as a hack. We are going to simply use it as an input tablet that is not, doesn't, doesn't have a menu bar. It doesn't have, uh, you're not going to get uh, notifications or alerts on it. You're not going to be able to drag windows into it. This is just the input tablet. Uh, and because we have that level of intimacy in the code between these two apps, we can make it do things that are absolutely Absolutely impossible uh, for a third party to do. Uh, even if you just simply have a, an iPhone that can have uh, like a, a have a brush palettes and, and color palettes on it, uh, I really think this is exciting, and I hope I would hope that Apple tries to leverage. Uh, our investment in their platform by saying, and now we're going to try to make the the iPhone and the Macintosh, iOS and macOS work together, not just as uh, ways to share files via AirDrop, but simply as here is a, we've got a really beautiful screen and a beautiful touch screen. How can we make the Mac easier to use by virtue of having that, uh, that piece of hardware? Yeah, I, um, I've written about this a little bit, but the, the pairing of Photoshop and the iPad actually makes so much sense and the power is all there. And there are, I talked to a, 
uh, an artist, a comic book artist on Twitter a few months ago about this. And she basically said, like, all the brushes she uses are owned by Adobe and they're not available on the iPad. And so she was using a different device and she loves her iPad. And there's a lot of people like that who they want to use the iPad, the iPad, the Apple Pencil. It's a great combination for this sort of work. But Adobe wasn't there. And there are alternatives. I mean, Leah mentioned it. There are lots of alternatives. But if you're somebody who whose industry has standardized on Photoshop, uh, like the comic book artist, right? Like they their trade is Photoshop files and, and those brushes and all of those things are part of that. If you're somebody who has been using it for a couple plus decades, like me, um, there are just so many reasons why it needs to be Photoshop. And therefore, the iPad is barred from being a part of that. And I'm excited that the iPad is no longer going to be barred from that. And yes, let's do all the things, right? The, the iPad at this point is as powerful as a laptop. So it, it should be able to have powerful uh, video editing and audio editing and you know everything you can think of, you can do on there. You can attach a keyboard to it. You can use the, the pencil on it. There's so many different input methods there. So I'm excited too. I think it's really great. Steven, uh, Steven, you don't care, right? Because you just are going to use a Mac, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, my workflow is definitely Mac centric, and that's definitely kind of where I where I live. the The thing that comes to mind for me is like this is great. Adobe's doing this, and clearly, to your points, Apple and Adobe have worked together. But like, there's like there's so much more the iPad could do. Like, where's Logic? Where's Final Cut? Like. Apple needs to continue to invest in this platform if they want it to take on tasks that the Mac has, you know, owned and the PC has owned. Now, whether the question the question is, does Apple actually want to do that? They say they do, but then they don't follow through. Like, I still have lots of questions about like, general direction of the iPad Pro, but there's no doubt this is a huge deal, and I think it's going to be a big, big success. People who want these tools but want them, you know. Uh, on a tablet that you know they can take up and go and take with them uh, and, and they want to run a product from apple so uh i'm excited about it uh, even though i'm not going to probably use it all that much uh but it, it does make me excited but also sort of question like this is the direction things are going to go with the ipad from here on out yeah I, I guess we'll learn a lot more on the 30th when apple presumably will tell us more about what direction the ipad is heading in uh, the mm-hmm. iPad Pro is heading in, especially. Uh, I guess we'll find out then. Just for those who don't know, like literally as we started the show, those invitations uh, came out. So if Stephen and I seem suddenly distracted, that is yeah. one of the reasons why. <laughs> I'm not. Go- I'm not going to check my email until after the show because otherwise. <laughs> However, I will. I will answer this question that you that nobody asked, which is: Is it possible for you to host a podcast while booking a flight? And the answer, friends, is yes. Yes, it is possible. Um, And thanks for all of the insightful comments that my guests made while I was booking a flight. Um, We talked about phones. We talked about tablets. I want to talk about another product category just just for a minute, a little little, uh, quick thing um, about e-readers, which is actually a category that I love, even though most people don't care about. The Kindle Paperwhite got updated this week. Uh, Really cements its place as the e-book reader most people should buy. I wrote a story on Six Colors about this. Like, the Paperwhite has been been the e-reader you should buy for a while now and this one is way better it's got the same six six inch screen size it's 300 dpi screen it's a good screen it's now waterproof it's got uh, bluetooth with support for audible audiobooks if you want to listen slash read people some people want to do that the screen is flush with the front of the case it used to have this kind of insert bezel thing that collected dust and crumbs and stuff and was not that great and that's gone it's all fully flat now the display is a little bit brighter it's 130 
bucks for the eight gig Wi-Fi model, uh, which is ten dollars more than the old Paperwhite, but still way less than the Oasis Two, which is actually the model I have, which is two forty nine. It's great. Almost nobody should spend $250 on a Kindle. Hey, mine's right here. Yeah, you and I both have it. But the paperweight for $130, whenever somebody comes to me and says, uh, you know, I want to buy a Kindle, or I have a Kindle that's five years old, I, I need to buy a new Kindle, the paperweight is a pretty good answer. It is It is yes. a very good product uh, for $130. I don't know. I, I guess I should take the temperature of the room. Stephen just said he's got a, he's got an Oasis. Um, I still am a believer in the idea of a, 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 unita- a unitasking device that is really good at one thing and doesn't do anything else and that's what the kindle is for me um but i'm curious what our panelists think about this category andy what do you do you are you over e-readers or do you like them no 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 i love them love them love them and i i I, I agree with you there's something about an e-reader that really wants to be a custom device uh partly because that that display that paper white display is beautiful you just even on a even on a phone even on like a really expensive tablet i just don't want to go back to i just don't i just don't want to go back to an oled or an led screen this is just works great the fact that it's super super light the fact that it's uh uh, that lasts about two days short of forever on a single battery charge. Uh, and the fact that it's pretty inexpensive, the, the, the 129 bucks is, it isn't even the cheapest Kindle that they have. That's kind of like the, that, that's the middle of the road version. Uh, I can't, I'm so, so happy about this. Uh, they, they've, Amazon has done a lot of really great work with the Kindle. I, I love the fact that they started off with uh, a device that costs something close to $500 and they keep figuring out how how to make it cheaper, 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 and thus more and more accessible while still keeping its integrity as a really good device. And for people who, you know, <laughs> for people who tend to like read their Kindles in the tub, I'm sure that the waterproofness is going to be a big deal. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I've, uh, when I saw the announcement, I had to like check on the, the definition of IPX8 to see if that does, does the test uh insist on clean water or it does like soapy water is is that going to be a difference <laughs> or or like salt water is that going to be a difference for people who want to use it at the beach little tiny tiny bit disappointing that uh, it is ipx8 which means that there's no like dust and sand uh ingress uh, uh problems uh excuse me uh proofness but that's that, that's fine. The, the fact that people aren't are no longer going to have to <laughs> take, take the take their Kindle and put it in their 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 vacuum sealer the in the kitchen. The old Ziploc bag. The, the old yeah. Ziploc bag. I've done that. That's for sure. Yeah. Jeff Bezos said that he did that. He read on yeah. the Kindle in a Ziploc bag. So you don't have to do that anymore. I don't like to yeah. think about Jeff Bezos in the tub. Just to, just while we're talking about this i just feel bad because jeff bezos now has like pro- presumably thousands and thousands of ziploc bags he no longer needs to use for his kindle what's he going to do with them all i guess start canning something like that uh leo how do you feel about uh e-readers do you have one i do not i have an ipad which um i've always preferred because you can do so much more on top of just reading and i mean honestly i'm only really reading comic books digital oh, comic yeah. books well, on it yeah. when i'm traveling and that's 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 the bulk of my digital reading and this might be because i work for a newspaper but i really just prefer to read books i like to turn the page um when i read on screens i can't do it for as long and i know that all of those things people have said if you get a paper white e-reader um they would be something that i would leave behind me but 
I I'm kind of anti single use. Uh, sorry. No, so okay. we 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 set you up there to be the contrarian here. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> It totally works out. But I, yeah, I'm a big fan of my iPad. And um, if somebody decided to, I don't know, give me an e-reader, I would definitely use it. But I just don't see the value in spending money on something that I already have a device that completely accomplishes for me. Yeah, I see that. I mean, that I, th- I would say that that is the most common view of e-readers is why do i need them i have a phone or a tablet and i'm totally with you on comic books comic books on the ipad are spectacular that's the way to do that yes it's fantastic but uh i mean the reason i love e-readers is because i will never be tempted to swipe and go check my email or twitter or slack and i will never get a push notification that goes over the book that i'm reading that when i'm reading on my e-reader which yes i have to carry a second device all it is is the text and it and it does look better because of the the e-ink screen is a is a, a better than a backlit screen i think for for that kind of thing but it is a super purposeful device and we were just you know i i think it's fair to say if we're going to make fun of the palm being a phone for your phone like you totally can read with the devices you have you don't need to buy a kindle to buy a kindle means you want that you know you you see the value in having that unitasker which i do i i've had them since i bought the first one and it was really bad, and I sent it back. But since the second generation, I have had a Kindle, and I love them. Um, but they're not for everybody. You, you really, I, I feel like you, you've got to be somebody who's reading a lot of books and really wants that super special, isolated, just reading focused experience. But for me, I would never, I would never go back. I, I, I just love the fact that uh, I, even if I don't have my Kindle with me, I can pick up where I left off on my phone totally. and then go back. Yeah, that, that's why I, I, I. The only thing I don't like about iBooks is the only thing that keeps me from using it that I just can't be locked into just having my iPad with me to be able to read because I never know when I'm going to have like 30 minutes or 45 minutes to read something. So, Well, there's a new one. So if people are curious or Santa, if you want to get Leah a paper white, it's 130. <laughs> All right, let's take another break and I will tell you about our next sponsor. This episode of Download is also brought to you by our friends over at Text Expander. Text Expander is a tool that lets you communicate smarter. You make snippets. You make little uh, shortcuts for things that you type all the time. And even though I've been using this product for I can't tell you how long, this was my go-to back in the old days, my go-to live blog tool, because we needed to do timestamps every time that we said Steve Jobs is now on stage, things like that. And I had a shortcut that automatically generated everything, all the HTML, the current date, the current time, everything. I typed like two characters and boom, the whole thing was there. It was great. But even though I've been using it all this time, I realized the other day that I'm still sending out emails that are the same to different people. Hey, would you like to be on the next episode of Download? I do that one a lot. I should, that should be a text expander snippet. I don't need to write the same thing to compose the same message 20 times, 30 times. Compose it once and uh, put it in a snippet. That's it. Email addresses, website addresses, today's date, um, directions to where you work, proposals, answers to common questions. Snippetize it. Make all the snippets and stop answering the same question again and again with your fingers, with like lots of sentences. Just do it with a couple of uh, clicks, a couple of little taps, and you're done. You can summon them, any app on the Mac, any app on Windows, on iPhone and iPad. Use a short abbreviation, search using a hotkey. You can personalize using fill-in fields, so I can fill in the name of who I'm inviting on next 
week's download. And you can share your snippets with your team so everybody can be up to speed and up to date at all times, as well as being super productive because they're not retyping those same things too. Your message is unified and everybody's saving time fantastic idea text expander.com slash podcast right now you'll get 20 percent off your first year of text expander text expander.com slash podcast for 20 percent off thank you to text expander for supporting download and all of relay fm all right now the story you might have missed something that might have flown under your radar but is probably worth mentioning on a podcast and so i will it's been a wacky week in the world of tech and one story that caught our eye is that of helm helm what is it? It's something Thor wears, it sounds like. <laughs> it's part hardware, it's part software. The device itself is a little server that looks sort of like a 21st century version of the A-frame house. It's built out of metal. If you saw it out in someone's house, you would never know. It's an email server. Woo! Email servers could be fun, maybe. Uh, inside, it's got a 120 gigabyte <laughs> SSD and software for running your own private mail server. Um, people can get in trouble for running mail servers in their house. What's going on here? Uh, support for hosting and syncing contacts and calendars as well. The company says it's planning to add photo support in a forthcoming update. All data and transfers are encrypted. Of course, the data stays on the device itself instead of being up in the cloud. Uh, the server will cost you $500 and the service runs $100 a year after the initial 12 months. What? a world we live in purpose-built mail servers i will say i used to run a mail server in my house and there is a it it slows down your internet connection because there's a lot of uh, spammers connect to mail servers and i don't like it but anyway if you're interested in running your own mail server right out of the box with a stylish design uh you can put it down next to your phone's phone and next to your (laughs) your uh purposeful uh kindle and then you'll also have your special email server device. I'm imagining this house now. It's very modern, though, that house. <laughs> uh, moving on, our last topic. Uh, so in the wake of being fined $5 billion by the Euro- European Union in an antitrust case, Google is changing the way it has to license first-party Android apps to OEMs, so to phone makers in Europe. Uh, so charged with using Android as a way to unfairly grow Chrome's market share, the company is now charging its partners a fee to include Google Play and other Google apps on their Android phones, including Gmail, Google Maps, and uh, and YouTube. Google says the operating system remains free and open source for those who want it. Uh, I think you pay an extra fee to bundle Chrome as well. Uh, these changes are going to affect this month, but Google is appealing the ruling. If it wins the appeal, this could be undone. Maybe the most interesting thing about this story is that it also means that companies that make phones that use the Google Play Store are no longer barred by Google from also releasing Android phones that don't at least in Europe. Uh, Theoretically, someone like Samsung could offer its own sort of app store approach on a phone separate and unbundled from Google if it wanted to. Andy, does this is this really going to change the state of affairs in the on the Android side uh, with this with this ruling? Or is this mostly just going to be kind of uh, a technical detail that isn't going to affect users? Depends on how uh, the market reacts to it. Uh, Google produces a really great product in the, uh, the, the 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 real, let's say, version of Android, meaning the one that gets all the Google apps with it. And so and all that is dependent on all of these apps being released and on the phone together. Now, the ability to 
pick take what you want, which is uh, the Google Play Store, which is what makes your Android phone really an Android phone to users and leave a hot leave aside uh, like the search engine uh, or maybe even more even better saying, hey, uh, hey, Bing, how much you want to pay us to make Bing like your pre-installed uh, search engine? Because we could go with Google, but now we have the ability to actually put this out for we can we can get the Play Store and also get your money as well. So I don't know how this is going to work out. Uh, I wonder if uh, if Amazon is going to take advantage of that and start so, change their uh, their Fire tablets that run a custom version of Android. But in the U.S., they don't have access to the Google Play Store and simply say, guess what? We're going to make a, this a value add that now you can get the Google Play Store on the device. So there are a lot of there are a lot of shifting variables here. Uh, I'm glad to see it happen because the only thing about the anti that antitrust ruling that really bummed me out. Uh, or rather, excuse me, the, the, that, uh, that Google's behavior that I really, really disapproved of was the idea that you, you, if you want to use Android, you have to take the, uh, you have to either take the kind of expensive version where, no, go ahead, by all means, build your own app store. <laughs> go see how, see how easy it is to do. Good luck. Uh, or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or pay us a lot of money or, and, uh, and don't re- really experiment with, with Android on other devices. Uh, so I like the idea of the, the, upstart upstart phone makers saying well great so now we can create something that is uses android as a base has most of the advantages of android but we can go off in our own direction with it so we'll have to wait and see uh, i'm it's uh, it's not the end of google's troubles with antitrust uh not not just in the eu but in the united states of america so we'll it's a, it's a, just just another step in a long process that ends with google <laughs> becoming like palm and being that sticker that you put uh, on a power on a <laughs> <laughs> on a power strip uh, sold at Amazon for eight dollars. Yeah, I do wonder about the um, the Android market. Like the the concept of Android as an open source platform was is something that we haven't seen a lot of that because Google, for lots of legitimate reasons, wants to exert control over Android, even though it is has the open source base and is an open platform. And Google talks a lot about it being open, maybe not as much as they used to, but they do. The fact is, there hasn't been as much. Amazon is a great example of a company that has taken the Android base and has built its own store and has done something different with this. But I'm surprised there... And in China, I know that there are some, some companies that do this, but I'm surprised there isn't more. I'm surprised that we haven't seen somebody pick up sort of like the work Google's done on Android and then try to run somewhere else with it. And I don't know if it's likely to happen in Europe because of this ruling, but at least it's possible now. Yeah, my, my bike computer actually runs Android. It, it's it's completely hidden because it's a bike computer. But I hope we see some 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 new movement. It's the the idea of saying here is your file system, here is your APIs, here is how here is your community of developers who knows how to write apps for this UI and for this operating system. That's a that's a that that saves you five years of development if you want to put something with a color screen on the market. So hopefully, if it if it results in more devices available for more people for more uses, I'm all for it. Yeah, it kind of seems like um, Google is gambling a little bit, and they're kind of betting on this idea that what we have made is so good that even if a developer or a manufacturer did decide to go another way with a different app set or app store, um, people wouldn't like it, and maybe they wouldn't buy it. And people would be outraged and want that thing that they're so used to back. Because when you think about it, um, people don't like change. And uh, so there's there's always that thing that you can bet on, which is that we're creatures of habit. So if you switch things up, people will be mad enough that they'll 
demand to have the Google stuff back. Um, so it, it just it feels to me like Google is betting that people are going to choose it at the end of the day, even if for a little while there is some experimentation with this. Yeah, we'll see. As always, it's fascinating. I sort of share Andy's feelings here, which is it could be nothing, but it could be something. And there, it's also not the end of the story, whether they get the appeal reversed or whether there is more to come. Um, this is the other part of the open source part of Android, right? Is that Google does have to deal with some of these uh, side effects and, and all of this. And I'd love to see more experimentation. I think that would be a lot of fun to see and maybe yeah do phone makers get together in europe and are like we're going to do the euro app store and it's going to be our own and we're going to do this thing and i don't know i don't know if they will or not uh before we go i do want to give you this is normally where we give the fuzzy puppy update but not this month because it's uh october but that means it's also taco tober and everything is a taco theme this month that's just how it is uh, don't come complaining to me about it. It'll be over next week, and then we can not talk about it again. Uh, we are not the only place celebrating Taco-tober this month, though. Microsoft, see, there's a tech angle here. This is brilliant. Microsoft and Taco Bell have teamed up to offer a limited edition Xbox One. Taco Bell customers who purchase a double Chalupa box for $5 have the chance to win it. The console has been altered to play Taco Bell's bell-ringing sound effect as it powers on and sports a unique monochromatic design a console will be rewarded every 10 minutes between today october 18th and november 21st is that taco november i don't think so i don't approve of that good luck to all nacho vember nacho vember all right it's not my vember uh anyway good luck to those who want to taco bell xbox also taco bell is returning uh to the deal that it's had for the past few years with major league baseball called steal a base steal a taco uh that'll be in this year's world series uh, which starts next week. The first time someone steals a base, which is essentially inevitable. Everyone in America <laughs> wins a free Doritos Locos taco that you have wow. to get on Thursday, November the 1st, between 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. That's prime taco time at participating Taco Bell restaurants while supplies last. Asterisk. Uh, that's the taco that's made with a taco shell coated with Doritos flavoring, by the way, if you were wondering oh, the Doritos oh Locos taco. What if we put a taco <laughs> in a taco shell that was a Dorito you could get your answer for free, assuming somebody steals a base in the World Series on November 1st. Uh, so Taco Tober will be over at that point, but who cares? You will get a free taco to ring out Taco Tober. <laughs> now, I know there are a lot of snobs out there who hate Taco Bell, and I don't love some of the stuff like the Crunch Wrap and the Doritos Locos Taco, but I still kind of love Taco Bell. I grew up with it. I know it's fast food and a fast food approximation of the real thing, and I've had the real thing, and the real thing is better. But it is what it is, but I, you know... Come on, come at me, Taco Bell haters. I still enjoy Taco Bell too. Get me that bean burrito and uh Well, well since happy. you invited me. Since you invited yeah, me, come I, at I have me, to Taco I, Bell haters. I, 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 I have to wonder if the special Taco Bell Xbox has special extra long wires to the controllers so you can they'll reach all the way into the bathroom. Zing! <laughs> Happy Taco Tober, everybody. Uh Leah Becerra, where can people find the stuff that you do on the internet? KansasCity.com or on my website, LeahBecerra.com. Excellent. And Andy Anako, where can people find the stuff you do? Uh, I'm on WGBH Boston Public Radio for about a half hour every other week. And go to WGBHnews.org to uh, hear the last show. Uh, go to Anatko on Instagram or Twitter. And go to anatko.com for my blog after I fix my WordPress problems, which I've been having for the past three days. But I haven't had the sort of 
strength of will to dig into the scripting errors one day you will gird yourself and you will attack wordpress and give it what it deserves uh, i no, my, my, i'm gonna run away i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to, to, to different hosting all right, that's that, fine that will run it for admit me admit defeat and move on run away, is the other way to do it away. and uh, of course the material <laughs> podcast here on relay fm uh, yes, every yes. week with Flow Ion. Uh, <laughs> and Mac Break Weekly. Thank you. And Mac Break Weekly on Twit. Absolutely. And uh, Stephen Hackett, thank you so much for putting the show together. You bet. Anytime. And uh, I'll send you a sticker with a, a fake palm logo on it that you can stick on <laughs> things. <laughs> oh, sad. Oh, All right. October. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to this week's edition. And until next week, we will keep watching the headlines so you don't have to. Oh.